So we're going to just answer this as a church today. It, it, it's really this. To bond or break, that is the question. To bond or to break. Because I want to encourage you right where you're at. Wherever you're at, listen to me today. There are some relationships in your life, we're going to talk about it in a moment, that God is saying you need to bond with. We talked last week that the bond is Jesus. The bond, we are bonded to God and we are bonded to others. It's almost like a belt. The other day, I met up with a friend, and my friend, so, he's so kind. He's just the best guy in the whole world. His name's Mayo Sowell. He's pastor in Alabama. And he's like, hey, man, I brought you a gift. And I'm like, a gift? Like, my God, like, I don't have a gift for you. Thank you for having a gift for me. That's amazing. And uh, I opened up this box. Like he, he was like, he was there in the room when I opened it, and I opened up the wrapping paper in the box. I opened up, and it was like, it's the nicest belt I've ever received. And, and my buddy's like, this, this thing's bad right here. It's like alligator, you know, like skin. It's like, it's like this, is, this is a belt from the South. Again, my, my guy's from Alabama. He's like, this dude right here, this is a bad mamma jamma. This is this belt. So I put on the belt. I was like, man, I feel, I feel like I want to tuck in my shirt, let everybody know. Check out my belt. I'm a belt guy. Might get my belt buckle. But the, but the, the belt, the bond, is first with God and then second with others. It's a belt that holds us in our relationship with Jesus. And then we are belted. We are bonded with others. We're going to go through your life today. And I want to ask you, in this relationship, are you supposed to bond? Or do you need to break? There are relationships in your life that you will never become who you're called to become unless you break. Soul ties toxic people people that you think that are for you they are actually against you and you need to break that relationship off that friendship you've been carrying that's dead weight no it's long gone you need to break I'm not trying to be mean or critical by the power of the holy spirit i want to bring great comfort great truth great reminders of the call of god that's on your life the future that you have in christ so there's some relationships god does not call you into cancerous relationships god did not call you into toxicity no the last time i checked we served the god of psalm 23 he leads me to green pastures he leads me to still waters he leads me to passive righteousness for his name's sake in other words god leads me to right relationship relationships that I, it's like man i gotta get bonded to those people i gotta get bonded closer here and some some of these relationships i gotta break we gotta break it off because the loving ain't the same oh I, I drop a little mariah on you on father's day we gotta but break it off we're gonna break some things off of your life so here's the question we're gonna go through your relationships do you need to break or do you need to bond there ain't nothing worse than a hard breakup. You ever been broken up with? I'm not asking if you broke up with somebody. I'm at, have you ever been broken up with? I'm, uh, high school was rough for me. I had some tough. I had some tough high school breakups. Like I had some hardships. The reason why I know Mariah Carey lyrics, people, is because I went through some hard breakups. One time I took this girl to homecoming. She's my girlfriend. Of course I'm taking her to homecoming. The day of the homecoming, I failed my driver's license test. Already bad start to the day. Take my girl to homecoming that night. She's my girl. We go to the after party. After parties in high school when you're a sophomore, they look like pancakes and eggs in my buddy's house. His mom made them, okay? We're, watch, we're watching a movie. That's an after party for a sophomore in high school that grew up on an island in Washington, okay? We're there at the, at the after party. We have some pancakes. We have some eggs. We're having a good time. And my buddy 
start snuggling with my girl. That's how I found out she broke up with me. That's how it is a clear sign. I'm done with you, man, and I'm on to this guy. It's a breakup. We've all gone through hard breakups. We've all had breakups in life. You break up with a company. You break up with the church. You break up with, there's all kinds of breakups. But my, 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 my concern for you is that it's easier for you to break than it is for you to bond. My concern for you is that you actually enjoy breaking more than you do bonding. If you look at the history of your life, which is the history of your relationships, there's a lot more breaking than there is bonding. What is it about the human condition? What is it about you and I that we love new? We love new car smell. We love, we love new adventure. We love, we love just new carpet. We love new... We love new so much that we'd rather just break with the old and start new. So anytime issues arrive, just I'm just going to break and I'm going to start a new church and a new marriage and a new friend and a new relationship. The only problem with that is eventually you're going to have to decide, do you want to live in a world of brokenness or do you want a history of bondedness? This is the reality of your life. This stuff matters because, again, the happiest people in the world, they have harmony in their relationship. And the common denominator in all of your life is you. It's you. You're there. You're there in every problem, and you're there in every solution. So I want to ask you today, again, the question is to bond or to break. Do you bond or do you break? I want to show you what Jesus has to say about receiving his love and then giving his love. Watch here what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. This is very powerful stuff. Uh, sorry, uh, Colossians chapter 2. It says, look look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. Sorry, this is Philippians chapter 2. Don't, don't listen to me. It's not Colossians. This is Philippians chapter 2. We just read it in our Zoe Devo. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. And let's just pause there. Is anyone today so encouraged by your relationship with Jesus? Where does true encouragement come? Flattery on social media? True encouragement comes from your relationship with Jesus. That belt and that bond brings great encouragement to the reality of your situation. He's asked the question. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with Jesus. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. Verse 2. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Think about a, bond, a bounded book, like a book that's bounded together. He says, listen, when you're in unity with others, there's no bound. It's unbounded joy. It's like you just leap with joy because you're like, man, I'm in such harmony here. I'm in such harmony here. I've got so much bondedness with Jesus. I've got bondedness with others. I'm connected with God. I'm connected with others. When you live that kind of life, there, you can't bound that thing. It's unbounded joy that will build out of your life. Come on, clap today in the chats. Clap today in the ministry center. Clap right there in the kitchen and thank God. I'm encouraged because of Jesus. I get to encourage my relationships. 
Now, you got to understand something. The Bible calls you to live a life of harmony. He does not ask you to live a life of division. He does not ask you to live a life of criticism. He's not saying, you know what I'm calling you to? I'm calling you to break everybody, break up with this person and break up with that. No, he calls you to unity. He calls you to the belt of relationship. It's just amazing. We live in an era on social media. It is the modern day Colosseum. And in history, what did we do in the Colosseum before? We watched these epic battles. Now we get on social media to watch the modern day Colosseum. And we love to see the cannibalism. We love to see people get canceled. We, we just, we flourish by, in our, in our pettiness, in our smallness, in our trollness, we watch people get crushed and we're satisfied. What kind of brokenness do you have to be in to enjoy the modern-day Colosseum? No, it's painful because if you have any encouragement from Jesus, you actually want to repair and restore and renew. We don't want to create brokenness. We want to create bondedness. So the Bible calls you and calls me to the best of our ability. Watch this in Romans, Romans 12. If it is possible... As much as it depends on you, live peaceable with all men. Now, some people are going to hate you. Some people are not going to like you. Some people are going to be against you. You That's on them. But to the best of your ability, all you can do every day is get up and give it your best. I'm going to give my work my best. I'm going to give my family my best. I'm going to give my relationships my best. To the best of your ability, live at peace with everybody. You're not called to be a war maker. You're called to be a peacemaker. You're not called to bring division. You're called to bring unity. You're not called to break. Oh, you, I can hear you in your house. I'm called to bond. You're called to bond. That's the call of God on your life. Now, I want to say something that's very important that you, that you understand this. That we're, going to, we're going to the scriptures today. And we're going to the Bible. Why? Because it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Every question you have in your life, God has an answer for it in his word. Everything you're wondering about, every question that's pending in your life, the answers are found in the scriptures. So I want to go to the scriptures to find out, because the question is, do I bond or break? So let's just understand from God, when do I break? When is it permissible to go like, nope, that's, that's a break. Everything else is a bond, but for right here, I am totally called by God to absolutely break. I want to show you a verse and find great encouragement from it because God here is saying, break. This is a break. This is, a, this is off limits. This is not a relationship for you. This is someone you should stay away from. This is, this is a break zone. So God never asks you to bond with people that you should break with. He only calls you to bond with the right people. That's why I believe your life, listen to me, your life is a right people in the right place at the right time. He never calls you to confusion. He never calls you to abuse. He never calls you to abandonment. He never calls you to live life with haters. No, to the best of your ability, live at peace with everybody. But if it's called to break, you break that thing off. Watch what the scriptures say here. I love this in 1 Corinthians 5. I wrote to you in my previous letter asking you not to associate with those who practice sexual immorality. Yet in no way was I referring to avoid contact with unbelievers who are immoral. So watch here. 
God does not call you to break away from people that don't know the gospel. He actually calls you to be friends with them. He calls us to be witnesses to the unbeliever. He says, I want you to be the light of the world. I want you to be the salt of the earth. I want you to carry the good news everywhere you go. We're supposed to put the good news on our feet. Every, every restaurant, every cafe, every, every, every workspace, every neighborhood. God never calls us to break away from people that don't know the gospel. If they don't know Jesus, Jesus was a friend of people that didn't go to the temple. He was a friend of people that didn't know the good news. In fact, they, the, the church people marveled at this. They were like, wait a second. I thought he was only supposed to bond with us. How come he sits with people that doesn't vote like us, act like us, talk like us? How could he? He's bonding with the unbeliever. You and I are not called to live in a Christian cul-de-sac. You and I are not called to live in our little goody-goody, kumbaya, Christian, little small world. No, no, no. He says very carefully. Now, I'm not talking about someone that doesn't know Jesus. Don't break from them. They need you. Hear me today. There are lost people in your life. They need your friendship. They need your encouragement. They need your smile. They need your love. They need your authenticity. Come on, anybody thankful today that I could be used as a witness here on earth of the glory of God? Oh, I'm thinking of that verse, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm here on earth, I'm trying to find anybody that doesn't believe church is for them. Anybody that doesn't believe the gospel is for them. No, I'm proving to them. I'm not breaking away from you. I'm bonding with you. Like Jesus sat with sinners, I have a privilege to sit with sinners. Somebody give me a Pentecostal amen for that. I feel like preaching. I'm on a stool, but I'll still preach at you, okay? He said, I'm not talking about the unbeliever. You'd have to isolate yourself from the world entirely. But now I am writing to you so that you would exclude from your fellowship anyone who calls himself a fellow believer and practices sexual immorality or is consumed with greed or is an idolater or is verbally abusive or a drunkard or a swindler. Don't mingle with them or even have a meal with, don't even go to Chipotle with them. What right do I have to pronounce judgment on the unbeliever? That's God's responsibility. But those who are inside the church family are our responsibility to discern and judge. So it's your duty to remove that wicked run from among you. I know I'm speaking kind of harshly. I know you get, we're kind of getting into some stuff. You're like, wait, I just want to be encouraged. But I'm encouraging you by what the Bible says. He's saying those kind of people, that's not who we bond with. We actually need to bring some distance we actually need to, I love the, the father and the prodigal son story. Because the father goes, if that's how you want to act, you're free. And he prayed and believed that you'll come back to your senses so we can bond. And when he was ready, when he was right, the father brought a bond. There's some people in your life you've been trying to save that you don't have the power to do. There's some, some people you're bonded to right now and it's actually bringing you down. But I love that the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. 
you got to find some people that God's calling you to bond with. you got to call some people. Some people, God's like, no, that's a break. It's just very simple. It's not even, we didn't even got to pray about that one. That's practical. That's easy. Easy to discern. Easy to decipher. That's a Clipper fan, break. Easy. We, we just saw that coming a million miles away. But, oh, Laker fan, bond. Godliness. Holy Spirit, anointed. I get it. But you got to know when to break and when to bond. I'm going to give you five relationships that God asks you to bond with. Here's the first one. It's all the way back to the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 19, when God gives the Ten Commandments, Mount Sinai, Moses, writing it down on the tablets. This is that old school. God says it's a commandment. God wants you to bond with, write down number one, your parents. It's actually in the Ten Commandments. It's actually the first commandment that has a blessing. Watch what it says here. I love Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. I just got to be honest. The first uh, verse I ever memorized as a kid, my parents, of course, made me memorize this verse. Like, I'm barely able to speak the English language, and I'm standing up with children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's, that's how my kids talk. That's why I'm saying that. But this is the first verse I ever Learned in my life. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live a long life on the earth. This is the first commandment attached to blessing. Do not steal, had no blessing. Do not murder, had no blessing. Do not commit adultery, had no blessing. Honoring your parents honoring your mother and your father, again, to the best of your ability. Maybe you don't have good parents. Maybe your parents abandoned you. They forsake you. Listen, I love when the scripture says in in Psalm 27, verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. God himself will be your father. Today on Father's Day, I love that this says in Romans 5, by his spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. You've got a father in heaven that is generous, a father in heaven that wants to bond with you, a father in heaven that comes to visit you, comes to your games, knows everything about you, is fully invested, is fully aware. But on earth, to the best of our ability, we honor our parents. To the best of our ability, children, obey your parents, for this is the will of God. It's the will of God for us to honor our mom and our dad. You look godly, and you look like a person of honor when you honor mom and dad. Now, this wasn't hard for me growing up. This is hard for my little sister, but it's not hard for me. I'm a man of God. My little sister used to get in battles with my mom and dad, and my little sister used to always have to have the last say. So she'd get in trouble. My, my dad would be like, you're grounded for tomorrow. And she's like, bah, 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 bah. He's like, okay, you're grounded for another day. She's like, well, bah, 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 bah. And she's grounded for a third day. And then bah, 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 And just, it just kept going. And go, finally, I had to step in and be like, fam, you're grounded for two weeks. Let's just stop. You just lost two weeks. And we, we were raised by parents that would engage us, that would just say, because you're being disrespectful as a teenager, I'm not breaking you apart. I'm not breaking away from my love for you. No, I'm going to fight to be bonded together. Fight for your relationships with your mother and your father. I want to just encourage you on Father's Day. Go to your dad. Write him a note. Give him a gift. Well, I love the Bible actually says, God will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. Do you know where God starts? God usually starts with kids, not with mom and dad. 
He says, I want you to bring honor to your parents. I'll turn your heart to your father, and I'll turn your father's heart towards you. Let God start with you today. God, say, God, I want to bond with my mom and dad. I want to bond with my parents. On Father's Day, I don't want to talk about how you were, you left me. You didn't, you weren't there for me. You did this, that, and the other. I've got childhood. I know the pain was real. I know there's hurt there. But to the best of your ability, bring a bond. I want to write down number two today with you. Write down number two. Pastors. You're like, well, this is convenient for you. You're a pastor talking about pastors. No, no, no. It's a big deal in your life. This is a big. Listen, go to Hebrews 13. Because in chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, twice it says literally that we should be bonded with our spiritual leaders. Maybe for you it's pastors or a connect group leader, a team leader in your life. But it says literally that we should honor our pastors. We, we should share all good things with them. It says we, we, we should make their job easy. We should pray for them. Watch here, Hebrews chapter 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Is it unprofitable for them? It's unprofitable for you. In other words, your life will flourish when you're bonded in your spiritual family. I love that God says, I put the lonely in families. What I hated about COVID was I hated how lonely people are. I had breakfast with a guy in our church last week. He's an older guy in our church. He's single. And uh, he's got kids that are grown. That Some of them live here in Los Angeles. And he was talking to me about the last 15 months of his life. And he's like, to be honest, he lives in the north part of L.A. He's like, I was lonely in COVID. I was by myself. My, my kids are grown. They're off having fun. I'm just up in my, my community. I'm just walking out of here, just trying to say hi to a neighbor. Just like, I'm just lonely. And just, there's something. You weren't made to live alone. I, the first thing God says about Adam, oh, th- 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 this is not good. This is not good. My man doesn't know how to do nothing on his own. This is not good that man should be alone. I've created the human soul for connectivity. I've created humans to be bonded together. You realize that the dumbest thing you could do, translation in the Greek word, the Greek word for dumb is is stupid though. Kidding, that's Spanish. The dumbest thing you could do is get isolated because that's when the enemy does his best work. He doesn't mess with you when you're in community. That's why he sets the lonely in spiritual family. He sets the lonely in churches. He sets the lonely in connect groups. The smartest thing you do is say, I'm going to honor and I'm going to get bonded and close to my parents and to my pastors. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your spiritual oversight. Share with them all good things. Don't, don't, don't get disillusioned by criticism. Don't, don't break off because you don't like something in the church. No, God has sent you to be a part of a community. He has set you in it. If you see a problem in the church, then become the solution. Don't, 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 don't play the blame game. No, I think you should bring a bond. Understand that the enemy hates the church 
and the enemy hates you being involved in community. So he wants to break off that relationship. That's why I'm going to encourage you. I love online church. If you're from Rhode Island, shout out to the Tamir family streaming in today. I know people are all over America. We got, we got Virginia. We got Maryland. We got Florida. We got all over the country. We got Idaho streaming in. But I want to tell you, to the best of your ability, go from house to house. Get into the temple of God. Get to, if, if you can't get here locally, then get connected even on Zoom and online in the chats. Meet somebody today. You're in spiritual family. Bring a bond to your church. Come on, clap in the ministry center. Clap online on the chats. Say, God, thank you for setting me in family. The enemy does not want you to be close to your church, and God wants you to be planted in the house of God. Oh, I love number three. Write this one down. Spouses. Do you realize how much God wants there to be a bond with you and your spouse? This is what the devil hates. The other day, we were in the car with our boys, and, 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 and we were rolling, and all of a sudden, the boys start bringing up, you know, the apple, and the guy that, you know, ate the apple, and they're, t- they're, they're learning the story about, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, and I was like, okay, Zoe kids, shout out, let's go, so I'm asking them questions, I was like, guys, who do you think the snake was, and Julia was like, no, not now, like, I was about to tell them all about the devil, she's like, let's, let's just call it the snake, let's not introduce the enemy right now. Okay, three, five, seven, I get it. But what does the enemy want to do in your marriage? I love Jesus quotes it. He says, what God has bonded together, let no man separate. You realize that the ploy and the tactic of the wicked one is to bring a wedge in your marriage? to bring division in your home. And all of a sudden, what's supposed to be bonded is now broken. This is, this is so diabolical by nature. This is so scary. This is, forget the statistics. Let's just listen to the stories. The hurt and the fallout of a marriage that is in shambles. And God says, no, I don't want brokenness in your marriage. I want there to be friendship and intimacy. And what I've joined together, let no man separate. Sometimes what separates our marriage is not another person. It's us. It's unforgiveness. It's meanness. It's cruelty. That's why, guys, I know it's Father's Day, but let me just say something to all the men in the brotherhood, all the guys at Zoe. God God literally says, if you're cruel to your spouse, just don't even pray. Don't even pray because God doesn't listen to a mean husband's prayer. Look at 1 Peter. Let me just show you in the scriptures. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Saying, God's saying, I don't listen to these prayers. Your prayers are hindered when you're not bringing a bond in your marriage. I want you to fight for this. Protect this. Trust this. Invest into this. Oh, watch what he says in Ephesians 5. Look at this. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. What is the model of marriage? It's the model of marriage between Jesus and the church. 
The way Jesus loves his bride, the bride of Christ. How does Jesus love the church? He serves the church. He beautifies the church. He invests in the church. He builds the church. He protects the... Oh, I'm I'm preaching now on Father's Day. I feel like telling somebody, we're supposed to love our spouse the way Jesus loves us. Jesus serves the church. He beautifies the church. He wants it radiant, without spot, without wrinkle. He wants it to be glorious. He wants it to be magnanimous. He wants it to be so powerful on the earth. That's the way we're supposed to serve our spouse. He's saying, no, no, no. In your marriage, don't break bond. Wives, we're supposed to bond with our husbands. Look, he continues on, Ephesians 5. For wives, this means being devoted to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord. Wives, hear me today. We're supposed to be devoted to Jesus that will help us be devoted to our husband. No, I love that. Look at the next verse, 23. For the husband provides leadership for the wife just as Christ provides leadership for his church as the Savior and the reviver of the body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let wives be devoted to their husbands in everything. I can, I can be honest and say one of the things I love about Julia so much is she is so devoted. She is so committed. She is so loyal. I am so petty. Julia would be like, can I have a bite of your salad? I'm like, get your own salad. Like, Chad, are you 12? Are you 12? Just slide the salad over, let her have one bite, and then bring it back. The problem is she doesn't take one bite. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the issue in our marriage. I'm just, I'm getting counseling right now. Just dropping the chat. What should I do? Come on, I'm kidding. But, but, but the reality is, is that any relationship in your life takes hard work. Any relationship that God has called you to bond with, parents, pastors, and marriage. Takes hard work. Takes selflessness. Takes humility. Takes preference of the other over yourself. What is the definition of love? It is choosing the best for the other person. I wonder if the person that's breaking your marriage is not some third person, outer party. It's you. You got to fight for the bond because if you don't, it'll break. You could be the reason why it breaks. I'm, I'm here to encourage you today. But if the question is bond or break, God's like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, the, oh, yeah, because I was at the wedding. <laughs> I go to weddings. Yeah, I was there. Remember the first Corinthians 13 thing? The punch, the wine, I was there. You committed to bond and I joined you together. And so you got to keep working on the bond. Because if you don't, it'll break. Come on, clap today if you're down to say, you know what? I'm going to work on the bond of my marriage because I'm not willing to see brokenness in this thing. Write down just two more. Write down the fourth one. Siblings. It's just amazing because it's like bond or break. You look at our our brother or sister, we're like, yeah, let's just break. No, 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 no. From the first family in the Bible, the enemy has been trying to bring sibling rivalry. The first two brothers in all of the Bible. First book, Genesis. First family, Adam and Eve's kids. First two brothers, Cain and Abel. The first family, Cain and Abel, they have a disagreement. They play on the, on the same Little League team. They get into a fight. Cain kills Abel. God shows up, and God's basically like, hey, Cain, where's your brother Abel? And he's like, uh, watch, watch Cain's reply. I just love this. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel to his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? 
Could you imagine talking to God like that? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? This morning I was looking for my wedding ring and I, was, I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I was just trying to look everywhere for my ring. So finally I got smart enough to ask my three-year-old. Fam, have you seen my wedding ring? My three-year-old's like, yep, I'll go get it. He runs to his room. He comes out and he's like, here. And I'm like, what are you doing with my ring in your room? Uh, oh, no. He just runs off. God shows up to Cain. He's like, where's your brother? Cain's like, am I my brother's keeper? Think about what God is trying to teach us through this story. The answer to the question is yes, you are. The answer is yes. You are your brother's keeper. And your brothers and your sisters matter. And what the enemy tries to do to break up your family is bring sibling rivalry. So that the family, which is supposed to be blessed, and the legacy, which is supposed to be godly, has no shot because of bickering and backbiting and dissension and gossip. And there's no unity in the family from the first family in the Bible. You want to know what the world will marvel at? They will not marvel at us worshiping to melodies and hymns about the goodness of God. They will look at our families and go, how did you do it? They will look at our families and go, oh my gosh, what did you do right that we did wrong? How did you bring a bond in your family? All we have is brokenness in our family. The greatest testimony of your faith will not be your worship. It'll be your family. And I don't know about you as a father of four. I want to build a family that we are bonded. We are close. We are knit together. We have unity. We have relationship. We have laughter. Come on, we enjoy each other. Come on, if that's your prayer today, I want you to clap like you really believe it. Am I my brother's keeper? You better believe it. And I know there's been hurts. I know there's been baggage. I know there's been fallout. I know there's been yelling and cussing and all kinds of big. I know you got all kinds of issues in your family, but why don't you just commit today? I'm going to start from today working on the bond and I'm going to refuse the wicked one that has brought brokenness into my home. I'm going to refuse. I'm going to shut the door and keep out the devil. I'm going to answer to God. I am accountable. I am reliable and I will be a peacemaker to the best of my ability. And if some of my family members want to walk out, that's on them. But on me, I will bring love. I will bring peace. I will be a peacemaker, not a drama maker. I will bring grace. I will bring wisdom. I will bring, I feel like preaching to somebody on Father's Day. I'm not going to break up my family. I'm going to build up my family. You got you to gotta answer the question, is it bond or break? Siblings, bond. Now, maybe you got a sibling that God's like, no, 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 no. With them, with them, it's a break. Because of their toxicity, because of their cancerous nature, because of their inability to be a peacemaker with you, I can't work with somebody that doesn't want to work with me. Again, going back to Romans chapter 12, to the best of my ability. And I want to encourage you today, God loves your family. I want to encourage you today, God is with your home. And God will give you wisdom, God will give you patience, and God will give you faith to bring a great bond. Clap one more time. I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel like God's talking to somebody that wants to help somebody bring peace in their home. And the last one, worship team, you can come join me. When I say worship team, I mean just let the keyboard player play for a little bit before we jump into worship today. I, I, I want to encourage you in your friendships. Your covenant friendships. Do I 
bond do I break? Do I bond or break? Let's just go through your friendships. Is it time to break? I think some of us, the biggest issue in your life is not calling or potential. I think it could be holding on to relationships that have been pulling you down. Some people want, they want you to stay who you've been because they'd be threatened by your growth. And so they badger and criticize and laugh and mock because if you grew, they know you'd have to leave. So are you going to have to wait for them to break? Or do you have faith? In the Bible, there's these two guys that are, you know, greatly used by God, and they get in this big argument, and there's such a sharp disagreement, they go their separate ways. And over this disagreement, one of them stays in the story of the gospel, and the other one you never hear from again. In other words, this guy said, I know that I'm called to something great for God, and even if you don't agree, I'll break because I'm about purpose. I'm about kingdom purpose. I just, I just want, just think about your friendships. If you're blessed in life, you got three friends. <laughs> if you're bl- really blessed, you got like five. I'm talking about close friends, covenant friends. A covenant is an agreement. God has made a covenant with you. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God says, I'll write my law on your heart. God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as I've removed your transgressions from you. You're in a covenant with the king. This is a binding agreement. The blood that was shed for you is symbolic of the covenant God has created with you. God will never go back on this agreement. You need in your life, not acquaintances. You need covenant friendships. You need agreements we make. Okay, just a heads up. I'm going to be there for you. Can you be here for me? I'm going to encourage you. Can you encourage me? I'm going to hold you accountable. You hold me accountable. I'm going to be a blessing to your family. You be a blessing to my family. I vow to help raise your kids. I need you to vow to help raise my kids. You need covenant friendships. And when you have covenant friendships, you go, we're going to be bonded, not broken. The reason why we are dissatisfied post-COVID is we are wondering who's with me. Who's for me? Who's against me? We don't even know. You got to take stock and inventory. Is it time to break or is it time to bond? And when you make that decision, you go, I know who I'm rocking with. I know who I'm building with. And I'm taking faith steps. I'm taking trust steps. I'm taking joyous steps. It's unbounded steps of joy to say, I'm bonded to you. Come hell or high water, I'm rocking with you. I came into the fight with you. I'm leaving the fight with you. It, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad or ugly. I'm, I, you could be on the, 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 the mountaintop of success. You could be in the valley of despair. I'm with you. Your people going to be my people. I'm going to go where you go. Come on, clap today if you're thankful for covenant friendship. Some of you are like, I don't got nobody in my life like that. That's all right. You start with you. Because the Bible says in Proverbs, he 
who desires friends must he himself first be friendly. The bond doesn't start with them. It always starts with you. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. You need some friends in your life that are saying, even when you're not good, I'll be good. Now, again, this is very, this is very in context. Because we read earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that this person that is living this life, we are called to break away from. What's the Bible saying? Don't bond with the wrong people. Your alignment will determine your assignment. You bond with people that are seeking God. You bond with people that are in the same vision and heart. You bond with people. You look over and you're like, ooh, the, the, you, so you belted up with Jesus too? Yeah, me too. Or you're trying, to, you're trying to have values and morals and ethics in this era? Yeah, me too. You're trying to raise your kids in the ways of God? Yeah, me too. You, you're bonded here? Okay, we can bond here. Don't you bond with the wrong folks. Bad company corrupts good character. So God is calling you to bond with people that is like, come on, let's, let's serve God. Come on, let's give our life to Jesus. Come on, let's be encouraged by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's do everything we can. Come on, I'm trying to get you to break up with the wrong people, and I want you to get bound with the right people. And I'm encouraging you in the ways of God. Stand in your home right now. I want to read these last verses. Stand in the ministry center. Romans, uh, watch this. Romans chapter 12. Just listen to these last words. And then we're going to pray today. Romans 12. Look at these last scriptures. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Just say this after me in your home. Say, I will be devoted to one another in love. Oh, I love this. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Come on, Zoe. Never be lacking in zeal. I think we ought to just be on fire for Jesus. I think we ought to be zealous and passionate and go crazy for Jesus. I was just, last week I was at a Bank of California Stadium for a men's event, limitless men's event. And I was just trying to picture what LAFC fans look like. Listen, there's basketball fans, there's football fans, and then there's soccer fans. The soccer fans, are the, they're the ones that hop and they're the ones that chant. They're zealous for the team. Can I just release you to be zealous for God? I want you to be on fire about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, put it in the chat right now. Put the fire emoji, put the clap emoji, put the praying hand. Come on, ministry center, let's thank God. We're zealous about Jesus. Oh, I love this next one. Do not be proud. Sorry, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but, be keep, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Two more scriptures. Watch this. Bless those who persecute you, and bless who do not curse. So what I'm not saying today is when you break here, that we curse here. Hear me loud and clear. Even though God is calling you to bond with your parents, pastors, spouses, siblings, and covenant friendships, when you break, it doesn't mean we curse. We still bless. We still pray. We still cover. We still believe. And we're going to be like the prodigal's father. We're going to believe that one day we'll be bonded. One day they'll get their life to Jesus. One day they'll get free from addiction. Come on, clap today if you're willing to live the way Jesus has called you to. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace. God, I'm praying for every person right now. Where there has been angst, where there has been turmoil, 